1: the Tuesday, December 8th edition of the roto NFL podcast. Week 13 is almost in the books. We still have the Ravens, Cowboys yet to go. This is Joe Bartle alongside me, as always, Jake Letarski. I got to first give a shout out. Thank you, Jeff Erickson, for filling in for me last week. We had some things going on. Uh, Happy that you two were able to go ahead and get your first YouTube video up, uh, and also the podcast as well. Breaking down the free agent wires—that was a good show. I I was joking off air, but I should say it now. You might as well just replace me because you did a better job (laughs) hosting than I've ever done the entire season.
2: Yeah, I don't know about that. We could we can flip flop (laughs) once in a while, you know, have an ad read contest maybe or something like that. But no, I was happy to give give that with Jeff a shot, make our YouTube debut. You know, we we might do something uh, more with that later on in the year, but for now we're gonna we're gonna stick to audio only. We like the. We like the face-to-face banter being in the same room. Uh, there, there's value in that. It's tough to do video like that, but you know we'll work it out.
1: I agree with you. Well, I mean, there was two games on Monday, and we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about some of the free agent pickups, uh, maybe a rookie quarterback now stepping into the starting lineup. Hello, Jalen Hurts. Before we get to that, though, I want to get a word from our sponsors, PropSwap. Smart sports bettors always know where to find the best odds before placing a bet, and that's why smart sport bettors always use PropSwap. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like, but they think the price is just too high? Submit a bid for the price you think that's fair, and then buy it. PropSwap sellers are always willing to negotiate, and we all know bookies just never will. And for a limited time, our listeners can get up to $500 in bonus cash. Just use promo code ROTO500, that's promo code ROTO500, and PropSwap will match your first deposit up to $500. Become a smarter sports bettor Today, go to propswap.com or download the PropSwap app. All right. You know, it's COVID season. Uh, we are well, that was the this is or was the last week, probably for many people entering the fantasy playoffs. Two Monday night games going on because of COVID season. We had Pittsburgh versus Washington. We had the undefeated team, the last undefeated team go down. And we also had a pretty good one in the Bills and Niners take place last night. I'll be honest with you right now and to the listeners. I did not watch that Steelers-Washington game. I was in the middle preparing for Roto Hoops, which went swimmingly, except for Shannon destroyed me completely uh, when I was trying to cover him on defense. But other than that, I was I was doing great. So I didn't get to see much of that. Did you get to watch much of Pittsburgh-Washington?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I watched a lot of these games. Shannon's a deceptively good athlete, so I'll give you, I'll <laughs> give you that there. The key word is deceptively. Um, let's see here. No, in the first game, uh, well, it's always great to see these undefeated teams go down. Agree, you know, yeah. you love rooting yeah. for the dog. You love rooting for Alex Smith, comeback player of the year for sure there's definitely a lot of interesting fantasy implications here too um on the steelers side you know benny snell was basically a dud for you know the most popular waiver wire pickup or one of the most popular this week once we knew that james Conner was going to sit again you know the steelers are dying to have benny snell back anthony mcfarland actually outgained him on half as many carries james uh, James Conner back Connor, yeah, yeah, what did I say? Well, you said they're happy to
1: have Benny Snell back. And to be or, fair, Benny James Snell Conor was back. never there. Yeah. I mean, he's been the
2: starter for the last two weeks and done yeah. absolutely
1: nothing. It mm-hmm. is worth pointing out, and I was going to talk about in the running back section – uh, Connor is likely to be back next week. They, yes, the Steelers yeah. have indicated that's going to be the case, so mm-hmm. you can drop Benny Snell now. You can stop hating your two points that you get exactly. from him every single
2: week. Yeah, Connor back just in time for the Vegas League playoffs for me. I'm loving that. <laughs> Deontay Johnson, man, he's a target machine, he's going to be an interesting person to try to gauge where he's going to go in drafts this upcoming year because you know maybe he's not quite Antonio Brown, but you know if Big Ben, of course, sticks around. He's going to keep feeding Deontay Johnson the ball. There were drives where he just keyed in on Johnson. Period. And you know Johnson had had a had a drop. Steelers had some drop issues in this game, but uh, overall he's an excellent fantasy target here on the Washington side. Um, you know I, I touched on Alex Smith. The big story is Antonio Gibson going yep. down early with a toe injury. I haven't seen anything new on that lately. You know you see the Twitter doctors out there that think he's got turf toe, which would imply you know an absence maybe beyond this week. So definitely watch that. Watch for that. You know. Peyton Barber carried the ball 14 times and had a score. You know, that, that's maybe kind of a secondary, tertiary pickup here. JD McKissick's still under 50%, so you have to go look for him first, especially in PPR, because he caught the ball 10 times, caught all 10 of his targets, was the leading target getter here. Scary Terry, not a big factor. Mm-hmm. Logan Thomas, though, at the tight end position. Stud, and that gives me something uh, interesting to work look at in stake because I've got Kelsey. I never thought I'd need Thomas. I picked him up for the bye week, and I just never dropped him. So stroke of luck, but Logan Thomas may be creeping into tight end one territory as long as Alex Smith is that quarterback. Yeah,
1: so what do you do with Logan Thomas as a flex? Because you mentioned the Travis Kelsey situation, and I imagine a lot of people have Logan Thomas essentially as their tight end too. I have not had that luxury. Uh, I've had to use Logan Thomas as my Mm -hmm. starter in a lot of different weeks. Uh,
2: That's worked almost just as
1: well. Yeah, it's been fine. Well, it's been fine relative to the Hunter Henrys and the Rob Gronkowskis and even the Hayden Hurst at times where you're like, all right, great. Four catches for 50 yards, it's fine. It's it's not it's not mm-hmm. fantastic production. But now with this game against the Steelers, which was the best defense in the league you know, prior to this past week, do you feel comfortable saying Logan Thomas is now a flex consideration or somebody mm-hmm. you have to have as a flex in your
2: lineup? Yeah, so to put it in perspective, I'm going to be looking at Logan Thomas or the return of Mark Ingram. I guess I put Thomas ahead of him there. I'm looking at Logan Thomas or Gio Bernard as a flex. Mm. And, and Bernard has been playing well. You think Mixon's maybe hinting at coming back, but we don't really know it. It'll be Logan Thomas or Michael Pittman in the flex. So like those are the kind of decisions I'm looking at and it'll definitely warrant consideration. Um so yeah, if you can if you can catch a good tight end that's getting double digit targets, I mean double digit targets for any tight end yeah. in twenty twenty is absolutely enough to put him on the radar.
1: I mean that's the whole reason he's been on the show now four or five times where mm-hmm. great he's not producing a lot. It's Alex Smith or Kyle Allen throwing him the ball. Those aren't great quarterbacks and it's not great offense, but he's at least getting the looks and finally able to capitalize against the Steelers, which is kind of impressive. You mentioned McKissick. Let's go back to him a little bit, though. In a PPR format, I I bet you – like I wish we could sort it on uh, Yahoo – or the qualifications for a roster are different for the leagues? Because mm-hmm. in standard scoring, you're probably not using J.D. McKissick. In PPR, you not only have him on your roster, you're probably starting him. So there's probably a difference in there somewhere. But is he the top overall pickup this week? And we're going to get to the rest of them as we continue on the show, but just kind of spoiling things, especially if Antonio Gibson is to miss time? Yeah.
2: You know, this is – You know, we always like to rag on, oh, this is a bad week for the waiver wire. And I know people are just entering their first round other playoffs or mm-hmm. possibly – uh, you know are fighting to get into the playoffs this week and are looking for help but there's just not a lot of help out there so in PPR you can make that case you know i, I actually took the the top pickups in a little bit different direction with the running backs kind of a sneak preview for later but um no at 48% you know, forty eight percent when I made this outline last night, so he's probably sitting above our threshold this morning because of first come first served leagues. Uh yeah, yeah, you have to go out and get someone like that, uh presuming that Gibson's out. Even even Barber gets on the radar, you know, in deeper leagues if you have to, because you you want to add depth going in. You know, if you're a Gibson owner, you were definitely counting on him and maybe you weren't so worried about depth. Maybe you were streaming a second defense, you know, maybe you were taking wide receiver flyers from young guys that might pan out towards the end of the year, and you might not be able to afford that. That luxury. So yeah, both of those guys are in play. This is a team that, if they're going to be successful, is going to be close to an even run pass split. I'll go a different direction.
1: If you're debating between a Peyton Barber and a second defense, and, and we're going to talk defenses at the end of the podcast, who to pick up for this week, but I've been telling everyone, whether I do my radio hits or you know on podcasts now or sears XM, the way I'm planning for the playoffs and entering the playoffs is looking at quarterback kicker and defense for multi-week usage so it's the same mm-hmm. reason why the packers were a top pickup for us three or four weeks ago because of the strength of schedule during this time period there's other ones that you can think about as well i would rather have a second defense or a second kicker like a a kai Forbath for the texans who's gonna be in a dome four of his five weeks to end the year like those types of players i'd rather have over a peyton barber yeah mm-hmm. i mean like if you really do need a running back i understand and, and if barber has to be starting for you congratulations for making the playoffs mm-hmm. But if not, I I think there is better value to be having by playing quarterback streaming two or three weeks in advance as opposed mm. to running backs.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I, and I would even put some some big backup running backs in that in that kind of group. You know, make sure your guy you have the backup to your guy just in case something happens, and and that's more valuable than taking you know a flyer on someone like Barber.
1: Well, it's interesting you bring that up because we'll move over to the other Monday night game. Uh, Jeff Wilson kind of seemed to be the guy that was doing better from a running back perspective for the Niners as opposed to Raheem Mostert. Now, I did get a chance to watch this game a little bit more thoroughly than Washington-Pittsburgh – Uh, are are you sensing a switch at all from the 49ers or is it still Mostert's show and he and
2: wilson just did a better game this past monday i mean i don't think it's anybody's show and i don't think that necessarily means there's been a change either this is a team that has always consistently used multiple running backs and is often going to ride with the hot hand it's one of the toughest ones to predict in the entire national football league even tevin coleman carried the ball twice of course for negative 11 yards horribly yeah uh, so i mean you can't really guarantee on anything anything that's uh that's going on with those guys so, uh, yeah, McKinnon would still be the back to own, or not McKinnon, I'm sorry, Mostert would still be the back to own, but, uh, you know, you don't necessarily feel super great about it. You know, McKinnon is actually in the mix here as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, Wilson had, what, I think 59 total yards. He had five targets, which is always an incredible thing to me. Mm-hmm. When you talk about Tevin Coleman and you talk about Jarek McKinnon, the money the Niners invested in those two running backs specifically over the years and guys that you'd imagine be pass catchers, and then you have Jeff Wilson You have five targets on the day. It's, it's interesting. Uh, the Niners face Washington, who they play or who played also on Monday. This upcoming week, they are the fourth best team in terms of stopping the running backs. I'm not like uh, aggressively out and going and getting Jeff Wilson right now. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of disagree. I think Mostert is. If you were going to say there's going to be a starting running back for the Niners, it's Mostert. He mm-hmm. brings the most explosiveness every single week. And Wilson is kind of the touchdown hog towards the goal line. Yep. But so long as Nick Mullen is the quarterback, I'm not sure how many goal line opportunities Mm -hmm. the Niners truly have. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle could theoretically make a comeback before the end of the year, but that might be dashed now because the Niners are more or less out of the playoff race for the NFC. They had a real Mm -hmm. shot at making it. They just had to not lose this one, and The Bills had a more or less convincing victory this Monday.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a couple other things to touch on here. Of course, Debo Samuel coming back into the mix here for San Francisco. Had as many targets as Ayuk. Ayuk outperformed him in yards, and he got the touchdown, of course. But Samuel definitely on the radar here. And then moving over to the Buffalo side, of course, you've got Cole Beasley and Stephon Diggs both having pretty studly games here. Um, The running back situation is the one that I want to bring attention to here because uh, Singletary and Moss, of course, Singletary, only three point four yards per carry, but eighteen carries. To Moss is three. I don't know if you caught this in the beginning, but Moss fumbled mm-hmm. down in the red zone, which led to a pretty easy score for uh, San Francisco early on. So that was uh, that was a big part of the reason that uh, I would presume that they went to Singletary. It's not as if either of them was particularly effective in this one until you know maybe kind of the end there. So- I disagree. I like every time I watch Singletary, he explodes off the tape and.
1: It's blasphemy here, especially in roto to counter anything Mario says because he's the smartest guy I know when it comes to NFL. And then John McKechnie is probably number two in that regards. But they both thought Zach Moss was going to be a better player than Devin Singletary. And I, I, I never saw it, especially after what we saw from Singletary last season. But I thought Monday night, this past game, really reinforced the idea that Singletary is an explosive player. And I've never seen the explosiveness from Zach Moss at all this season. I know you rostered Moss in a couple different leagues this year. Like it's it's too late for Moss um, to be fancy relevant this fact like at, at this late in the season. But next year, like, what do you even yeah. think of this Bills running back situation? And are you buying one more than the other at
2: this point? Yeah, next year I would imagine Moss is like an eighth round pick or later, and Singletary probably sneaks back into the fifth or sixth round. That's is how basically it about, what was this year. Yeah, is is how I would how I would kind of project that. Yeah, see, I thought I was going to get cute, and I was just going to I couldn't do enough to research or whatever to make a decision. Bought both of the guys. Moss Losses right. since been cut, and I haven't started Singletary in you, you know can't. three four weeks. Thanks to Wayne Gallman, fortunately, because uh, that's been the savior, the you know the secret savior there. But that's, uh, that's the yeah. like
1: a, a sentence mm-hmm. that twenty twenty deserves. Wayne Gallman is the savior for your fantasy teams, and you're right. My stake league team has now flourished
2: thanks mm-hmm. in large part. We're to We're both Wayne sneaking, Gallman. or you're you're well in the uh, eater division, and I'm like I don't know. I beat Aaron by like fifty points this week, or maybe, or maybe like. I'm sneaking up. I'm going what to get was your
1: there. What was your point total uh, this week? A
2: buck forty. A buck forty. And Herb, who was at
1: the very end of the cutoff, is going to set like one ten, one twelve. So mm-hmm. it's possible. Well, you you We're are making
2: moves. We're making are, moves. You uh, are
1: on the podcast with the guy that's now scored the most points in stake league history because mm-hmm. last week, I know, I
2: heard Liz talking about that on the show Did yesterday. He really? Yeah, ah, He's he we like, go. well, Joe put up like two hundred points. <laughs> I had a nice week with one hundred sixty, but then you, you're running <laughs> into powerhouses. <laughs> yeah. Do you have like Jeremy Chin that week or something? No, getting better? Well, <laughs> no,
1: I, I had Tyreek Hill, Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, who got the kickoff return touchdown and added on okay, to that of course. and then i had a few defense guys and no one wants to hear about my stake league team except for myself i'm very happy exactly. about it
2: let's let's move <laughs> on and rejoice in the fact that nobody's on a bye this week and that is we do step. not have to worry about bye weeks so that's a good way to segue into quarterbacks yeah uh the last two bye weeks
1: buccaneers panthers just finished up this past week and you talked about before we got on the broadcast the buccaneers rest of season schedule is probably the most potent when it comes to quarterbacks and maybe even wide receivers too right I mean like that's that's a good scenario if you have Tom Brady entering the fancy playoffs that he could
2: be a, a good boon for you Yeah we have a kind of a new feature on the website it's right at the top of our NFL masthead called strength of schedule and um and yeah the buccaneers they're our our metric that we call it schedule favorability score here and it's out of 100 and the buccaneers are 100 out of 100 you've got Minnesota Atlanta Detroit Atlanta I mean You know, hallelujah if you're a Tom Brady owner, especially one that's got to go all four weeks because I think he – well, I've ripped on him for not passing the eye test and maybe dead arming a couple in the past, you know, he's got enough weapons and the yeah, matchups exactly. are glorious enough that, you know, I you know, I can swallow and get through it. You know, I've got him in one league where I'm going to be, I'm going to be like maybe squeaking into the sixth seed depending on how it goes tonight. And uh, I'm hoping that I actually get to use him in the playoffs because I'm happy about that. I'm flipping this script
1: because it's relevant to our conversation. We normally do the drops for each position at the end after we run things down. But I actually had to make a tough call this week. This is the only league that the fantasy playoffs started this past week. Every other league. It's going to be starting next week, but it's because it's a two-week league. So I'm playing one of my family members. It's a very competitive rivalry family uh, situation. We both ended up scoring 119 points, which is by far way more points in this scoring setting than normally anybody has. But it's a two-week thing. So mm-hmm. I had to drop, or not, I had to bench Tom Brady, who was my starting quarterback, and I picked up Philip Rivers. When I picked up Philip Rivers, it meant I dropped Cam Newton. Now, that's going to be an interesting thing for a lot of people because Newton was benched towards the end of that game, whether it was the Patriots running up the score or just ineffectiveness with Jared Stidham playing. Like, what do you think of Cam Newton's stats moving forward? Where do you find him? He had two rushing touchdowns, but once again was just miserable when it comes to passing the ball.
2: Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean— I would almost agree with you and say you'd rather want to stream. You want to look to guys, you know, that we'll talk about in a little bit here. Guys like Phil Rivers, even Baker Mayfield. Maybe not this week. You know, it's a tough week for streamers, admittedly. But mm-hmm. you know, most of those guys you would you would want to think would be better options than uh, than Cam Newton. Than Cam Newton at this point. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, I you're relying too. on the rushing floor, right. You know, and that's not going to come every week. And yeah, he had a 22 something point this week, but he was in single digits the week before. So you know, what are you going to have more of in these last four weeks if you? Put, I mean, granted, you didn't have to pay a high price for Cam Newton, so it shouldn't really affect you know the rest of your roster mm-hmm. and your playoff status. But I don't feel good about him as my starting quarterback heading into the playoffs by any means.
1: Neither did I. So I picked up Philip Rivers, who actually ended up underperforming what Newton's fantasy totals were, but that's fine. Like It's interesting. I mean, you talked about the lackluster streamer options this week, and I would be curious to look at weeks 14, 15, and 16 from a fantasy perspective and see – just how many good quarterbacks are really available. I have a feeling a lot of people have taken the advice and and the stuff that I've been doing as well, planning accordingly with two, three, four quarterbacks maybe on your roster for the situation. because On your
2: radar, not on your roster, I
1: have three quarterbacks on my roster. That's crazy, man. Well, it's Jared Goff, Matt Ryan, and, and, uh, man, I forgot who that one was. And and I had to. I mean, like the other – like the running backs – The running backs really aren't very deep, right? Like you Mm -hmm. can maybe roster up to 40 guys, 50 guys, and be like, okay, yeah, they could give you something. And you'll talk about a little bit more guys that maybe you want to just have backups for. But I feel like the running back position is so shallow this year that Mm -hmm. might as well. And then when you have deep wide receivers in the case of this league, I do – you can kind of afford to pick and choose with those. and In our dynasty league, I have three quarterbacks as well. Like I I think having multiple quarterbacks this part of the season actually makes a lot more sense.
2: Yeah, I mean, just keep in mind that the uh, the schedule is narrowing down and you're looking at those matchups. And Usually if you have three quarterbacks and you look ahead to your next three, Mm -hmm. four matchups, there's one that says, okay, I'm probably not starting this guy in any of them. And then they would be the first on your chopping block for the week here. But you're doing it to remove that option from somebody else too. (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, if, they I mean, ha- if they have bad matchups, though, don't you want somebody else to pick them up?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, if I'm throwing Tom Brady in the waiver wire, though, obviously yeah. he's doing great. Well, I mean, I'm doing just doing saying, that. Like, like, throwing a Cam Newton, too, like, there's still that rushing floor. And, and we'll, I mean, like, talk about here because Philip Rivers is probably the best option. He fits our, our threshold under 50% on, or rostered on Yahoo at 40% going against the Raiders obviously the Raiders had a pretty back and forth game against the Jets this past week Sam Darnold had some fantasy relevance as a result I think Phillip Rivers can easily do that as well but to your point Rivers has another matchup against the Texans the following week as well
2: so Mm -hmm. he's a guy that you could probably start over the course of two weeks yeah I mean the recent games for Rivers have certainly been encouraging you know 19, 18, 21, 16 fantasy points definitely better than what you got over the first five weeks of the season Mm -hmm. and the biggest difference for Rivers is he suddenly decided oh yeah I have T.Y. Hilton on my team I might, I might try and use him a little bit and that seems to be working but there's also been a lot of uh, a little bit of game flow here you know the Texans are, are one of the better matchups and then uh, and then uh, they they pretty much had a pass the whole time against uh, Tennessee the week before when they were getting smoked so uh, you know the game flow is definitely helping his case but there's still something left in the tank and he's he's fantasy relevant if you were you know if you were Flipping around between Matt Ryan, maybe Carson Wentz, you know, uh, just some of these fringe guys, he might rise at the top of that list here because the guy we recommended last week, Kirk Cousins, is all the way up to 69%, so yep. he's pretty much off the radar.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's interesting. I think Rivers probably becomes – Close to a top-ten quarterback for me. I'd have to look at the rest of the guys, and normally Jeff Erickson puts out his weekly rankings, and Mm i will be kind of curious to see where Philip Rivers fits into that category, but he's near the top when it comes to the Raiders' defense Mm -hmm. and just how miserable they have been. Again, Sam Darnold was really... Pretty good from a fantasy quarterback perspective relative to a yeah. lot guys. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and it, streamers
2: are pretty light this week too. Exactly, That's what I want to yes. make because I mean, you know, I jotted down here Baker Mayfield thirty eight percent versus Baltimore had a great game, but you know, I, I don't really trust that because the, mm-hmm. the week before, yeah, Jeff and I had this wrong. We were kind of ragging on him for like, yeah, he had an okay fantasy game, but he did not look good as, as a quarterback. You know, even Tua in a shootout against Kansas City, and eh, you know, Dalton thirteen percent at Cincinnati. But you know, if you're I talking about starting. Well. Yeah. Dalton Lock, Darnold, your chances are, you know, you're really not involved in the playoff picture anymore. But the one guy that kinda emerged that intrigues me a little bit, who we maybe should have just led with, but Jalen Hurts. He's pretty much available everywhere. Yep. Came in the game against the Packers, uh, you know, over Carson Wentz made a little bit something happen, got the team a little bit excited. You know, of course, it was the Jalen Rager punt return that actually made things scary there for a second. It wasn't necessarily Hurts that was scaring us for the long to part. And, you know, part of that is film. You know, you prepare for a Wentz game, and you, and then you get a running quarterback, and it's a little bit tougher. Now you get a chance to prepare for Hurts, who maybe has more designed runs. But, you know, the deal is is there's some extra rushing floor right there. You know, the biggest problem for Wentz, I think, has been his pass protection. You know, you can say you can pin it on the receivers getting open, but – you know, if the pocket breaks down for Wentz, he's pretty much toast and he's had three sacks in like pretty much every game this season, or at least that I can remember. Hertz at least has a little escapability. And you know, if some of those athletic receivers can can maybe make route adjustments as Hertz starts to roll out, you know, some of that playground stuff might work out for fantasy. Yeah. So you know, he's on the radar.
1: There's there's two points to this conversation. A once the Packers decided to actually contain him in the pocket, I thought Hertz is really limited. Those last two drives, he didn't look as electric as he did when he first came to the game. Mm-hmm. Now, should Mike Pettin and the Packers defense have adjusted to that when they saw Hertz in there? Yes, I'm not surprised that they didn't, but yes, that that should have been able to occur. The other part of this is that Hertz plays the Saints this week, and I and I I think I'm worried about that. And I say it with some hesitation because the Saints defense at times has not been all that good. And for whatever the reason, they seem to waffle year to year. Like last year, they weren't good. This year, they are good. The year before, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. a year-to-year cycle for that Saints defense. and I don't understand. So facing the Saints, it's hard. That's going to be a hard matchup for them, especially with the offensive line concerns that the Eagles have. However, I think Hurts has to be one of your top pickup considerations because he plays a really, really juicy schedule the following two weeks, and that's going to be in the fantasy playoffs. Now, you talk about, do you really want to start Sam Darnold during your fantasy playoffs? No. I mean, like I feel like it's kind of the same thing, but just look at it. I mean, the the Eagles end up playing, again, the Saints this week, the Cardinals the next week. And the Dallas Cowboys week sixteen.
2: And you also have to remember the receivers for the Eagles are are starting to get healthy. You know we've had Elshon Jeffrey back. He hasn't been a huge impact guy. Kind of same thing with Zach Ertz. But now they can go more to some of those two tight end sets that I think they wanted to do at the start of the season. So yeah, the offensive line's still a problem. Will receivers getting open maybe be a little bit less of a problem? I don't know if it's enough to make a difference. But there's 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 reason for optimism here. As long as uh, Hertz
1: ends Week 14 as the starting quarterback, I think he should be on your fantasy roster the ensuing weeks because he could be consideration. If nothing else, mm-hmm. you are taking away a fantasy asset from somebody else that could pick him up. That's that's how I see it. Uh, and and again, this is more of a lackluster free agent edition of the podcast. So uh, J.D. McKissick probably is number one for me. A few of these wide receivers, if they who are very close to the threshold, I'd consider. But Hertz is right up there. Would you say the same thing?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. There's there's a couple other running backs I do want to draw some attention to, Um, and you know maybe we can jump into that here pretty soon. But uh, but yeah, overall I think you've got that peg pretty right.
1: Two QB leagues. Colt McCoy got the first win that NFC East quarterback has had this season over a winning team. I'm not sure if you what saw that, that stat or not. Yeah, I know it's, and I think this his first win since 2014 or 15. It's just incredible. So kudos to uh, Colt McCoy for doing it and getting the W for the Giants against the Seahawks, which I never would have imagined. I, like, obviously if you are debating between Colt McCoy, you are in a two QB league. And even then, I'm not sure I'm that comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Breeze might also be eligible
2: to be picked up in your league. He's, possibly coming off ir this week yeah he's he's just eligible to yeah. come off ir but then i typed his name in and he was 64 percent rostered in yahoo leagues yeah. I, it's the only explanation i can think of is that if you picked up drew Brees, you probably started off owing in a bunch and then <laughs> and, i was gonna and say and people finally found out they team. had
1: injured reserve spots in yahoo that's that's what it was because we've done, could been be doing it, this yeah. podcast for the first four mm-hmm. or five weeks you're like why is this guy who is x hurt not more or they like more rostered. Oh yeah, it's because they might not have injury reserve spot. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm not like excited about starting Drew Brees, especially against the Eagles. Actually, I think that's going to be kind of a, a difficult matchup. But we'll have to see what his status is moving forward. Let's go over to the running backs. We talked about with J.D. McKissick. After McKissick, though, who is kind of the next guy that you're looking at or interested in from a running back perspective?
2: You know, I don't like to say it, but uh you know, you at least have to take a look at the Jets. I mean, their backfield was. Uh, Pretty impressive, you know, until the whole super tank formation at the end of the game there. Uh, you know, Josh Adams made some big plays. Ty Johnson, uh, you know, he had seventy-six percent of the second half snaps. He had more yards. Ty Johnson would seemingly be the pickup there. And we don't know much about Frank Gore yet, with it only being on Tuesday. You know, he was he was out with a concussion. He was a guy that we talked about as a maybe maybe a pickup the past week. So you definitely want to look at Frank Gore's status, but you know, I don't I don't know if uh you have really any incentive again, you can never count on the Jets. To do the logical thing the logical thing here is what incentive do you have to bring frank gore back let's see what we have in ty johnson to see if we need to spend you know maybe a fourth fifth if the new regime needs to spend a fifth sixth round pick on a running back next year you know and 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 perhaps bolster that position but who knows you know if gore gets cleared maybe they'll trot him back out there if not i think ty johnson has uh he has some reasonable upside here going up against seattle very middle of the pack in terms of run defense
1: yeah, I I like Ty Johnson for the pickup this week. So you do this often, and I think it's a good good way of phrasing it. J.D. McKissick is your pickup long term for rest of the season. Right is the guy you want. Ty Johnson is the number two guy though. Um, with his match against the Seahawks and and I understand Adams had eight carries for 74 yards like that's that's good numbers but Johnson had 22 carries got over 100 yards more crucially to me is I imagine Ty Johnson is going to be the guy that gets involved from a passing game perspective and if you're going to beat the Seahawks defense it's through the passing game so I think Johnson's the guy that gets the targets Adams didn't see a single target last week when Frank Gore was out now I talk about all this and again they could just start Frank Gore and have him go 90% 90% of the carries and, you know, four or five catches for 20 yards, and you're like, oh, great, that's fine. But if Frank Gore is out, I actually like Ty Johnson as the pickup for this week mm-hmm. if you had to spot start a running back.
2: Yeah, when Jerry does his uh, tiers in his hidden stat line article, you know, you have the top guys captain, you know, three down roll, 80% of snap share. Only two guys in the whole league fit that, James Robinson and Delvin Cook. And then there's the next tier down, three down roll but subbed out sometimes. Ty Johnson finds himself in in that category, and uh, you know that's that is enough for me to make him a top pickup, especially if you need a starter immediately. So yeah, throw him out there against the Seahawks. Maybe I mean the Jets' offense didn't look too horrible this past week. You know, I still think you know you know every year I got every year I pick a bad quarterback that is actually I think is good, and uh, you know I've been. Way wrong on that in the past, but this year I'm going to stick to the guns of Sam Darnold and think he has a, a late career resurgence. So you know, you give Sam Darnold, Crowder, who scored twice last mm-hmm. week, Perriman, who underperformed but maybe is in wide receiver consideration, they can mix things up a little bit and maybe make it not so obvious. Maybe they don't run the ball every single first and second down. Maybe mix it up a little bit, and all of that bodes well for someone like Ty Johnson this yeah, week.
1: I'm right there with you. I think Ty Johnson's probably my guy again this week. I'm picking up a half to start. He's an easy flex consideration so long as Frank Gore does not play. And as of this Tuesday recording, really hard to make an assertion because you're right. The Jets always seem to make the bad choice. Uh, moving on to other running backs again. We talked McKissick, Ty Johnson as our two top guys. I think there's a very clear drop-off between just about everybody else. So DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift, he's missed the last three games due to concussion and now a non-COVID-related illness. Um, Adrian Peterson has gotten four touchdowns in the last two weeks, has been kind of running well as much as I hate to say it. He has been doing pretty good. And on Johnson, who I did pick up in our in our half points uh, stake league, he kind of had mm-hmm. had some consideration too, not so much this week, uh, but the week before certainly. If DeAndre Swift is back, carry on Johnson's immediate drop. But I think Adrian Peterson has played well enough, unfortunately for fantasy
2: managers, that he probably mucks up the waters for both DeAndre yeah. Swift and Peterson. I mean, when you score twice or four times in two weeks, you know it definitely gets you on the radar. Yeah. I just, you know, make an Adrian Peterson thank you segment for helping get me to the playoffs this week. <laughs> I, I was to- I, I was toast. I was like Josh Jacobs, and then I looked for Devontae Booker because he He's was a big guy. Yeah. I, and some guy who's in, like, 10th place in our league has been holding <laughs> on to him since, like, way early in the week. And I'm thinking, what the heck happened here? So I was I was kind of stuck in running back situation. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't trust Cam Akers enough. But, no, I threw AP in there and, you know— I'm not cutting them this week just in case, just because I've seen some questionable quotes about Swift maybe acting a little differently from that concussion, maybe not having the same mindset. And who knows, you know, how reliable that kind of stuff is, uh, you know, when you you get to that hearsay stages. But, you know, just in case, I'm keeping Adrian Peterson around.
1: Yeah, I thought we were going to have a a bragging rights segment on Cam Akers because you have been dead right on that call for the last two or three weeks now, Mm -hmm. trying to push Cam Akers as being the guy. And we saw this past week where he finally was. Now, I just don't trust the Rams' backfield to the point where I want to consistently rely on him. But if Akers is, for whatever the reason, available, and I don't know what his Yahoo percentage is right now, but if he is, I I think he has to be rostered, and I would feel comfortable enough starting him if I had Mm -hmm. to
2: as a running back two or flex. Yeah, we're looking at a fifty-three percent for Acres, man, that, but I that think that should be higher than that. But I think he came out a little bit banged up, if I've got this right. You know, he actually he did not practice on Monday, so okay. I don't right. I don't so, have a reason for that exactly. And yet. they do
1: play Thursday. That's that's a good point mm-hmm. against the Patriots' yeah. defense, who's pretty good. That's mm-hmm. it's interesting. Fifty-three percent yeah. seems way low with how he's done the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. But uh, if Acres is out, how do you feel about Henderson as a starting option?
2: I mean, if you take one of the three heads out bigger deal yeah Yeah. then someone like henderson is more attractive with malcolm brown is kind of a you know a secondary option he likes the vulture touchdowns too so you know you see there but uh you definitely want to keep an eye on the situation and and you know sometimes you know you have to uh instead of the eye test you almost have to trust the gut test here and that's where i was that's where i was with acres because you know i didn't think that he was going to suddenly come out and make this tremendous impact but you know my reasoning for picking up acres was you know they're there's at least room to grow there, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, you know, someone that you can maybe carry over into another season, and it's like, okay, you have this last bench spot. Grab him and see what happens. You know, you'll know in a couple weeks whether he's back out there or not if you have that luxury of that bench spot. And in a case like him, you know, a young player getting more touches, getting more active, suddenly he's someone that's relevant, and, you know, you've blocked the next guy from picking him up and possibly have a flex guy on your own. So that, that's where I was with Haker.
1: That's been one of your best calls, I think, all year, and you've had a lot of them. That's, that's right up there. Hypothetically, Frank Gore... Cam makers do not play. Which one would you rather have, Ty Johnson or Daryl
2: Henderson? Probably Henderson in there, but I think I, I haven't looked at Henderson Henderson's roster ship. I didn't re, wasn't really on the radar, but I'm it's guessing it's low. way too high. No, no, no it's, it's seventy-six yeah, percent.
1: Henderson's seventy-six percent. Yep, and Akers yes. is fifty-three. Yeah, what are people doing on Yahoo? Oh <laughs> yeah, my God! So you're not going to okay. be
2: able to. Hey, wow. Everyone wants a backfield. They want to <laughs> try to find gold in a backfield that's going to have plus game script for a poss- for a likely playoff team. So I don't blame them there. The other guy I just wanted to throw out there. Now, again, I watched this Kansas City Denver game pretty close on Sunday night. I was almost yelling at the TV, not because I see. My stake in the game was to have Chiefs players do bad, so the clock was my friend when I was watching that game. <laughs> it is the worst way to watch a football game; just, it's Chiefs just game. agony the entire time. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Nouglerous Moonmen for helping me through that. But uh, but anyway, so I, I wanted Denver to be smart. And when they gave the ball to Melvin Gordon, he looked really good. He had good vision. He was bouncing outside. When they gave the ball to Philip Lindsay, he was falling forward for a couple yards. It didn't quite look like Lindsay was there yet. Nonetheless. If they're still going to split carries, I saw that Philip Lindsay's is only 44% rostered in Yahoo Leagues, so he technically meets our threshold and might be a little more attractive than, you know, say an Adrian Peterson for a one-week type deal. You know, I just wanted to throw that name out there.
1: I will say that I am a, a masochist, so I've watched far too many Broncos games this year. Mm-hmm. The Gordon looks better than Lindsay take has been more wrong than it has been right. You were correct in the sense that Gordon did look well against the Chiefs, Mm -hmm. but I think Lindsey actually has ran much better than Melvin Gordon has for much of the stretch. It just was a weird thing, this overall. I have Lindsey just about everywhere with the guys that if Melvin Gordon is out— Philip Lindsay okay. becomes a pretty easy starter. Yeah, the that's reverse occurs
2: I, I'm basing my assessment on the eye test of a one-game sample size. So if you want to make that assertion, I can't argue with it. It's on.
1: All right. So we had talked strategy for entering the fantasy playoffs when it comes to quarterbacks. And I, I mentioned quarterbacks kicker defense. I'm, I'm putting extra roster spots in that because I think that's one I can project and plan for you're kind of going the other direction saying running backs needs to be a place that if I'm going to pile together backups right like that's mm-hmm. a that's a way to go is there certain backups that you are interested in more than others um, whether yeah. it be for your team or for others to block
2: I narrowed it down to four guys that you definitely want to have their backup especially if you've got the big you know the big gun here um no he did miss last week with an appendix situation an appendectomy. just yep, like what yep. I had yeah you've been two, through this two weeks um, um, and this is one that again, you're not necessarily picking him up for week 14, but you know, 15, 16. Alexander Madison, 31% roster. You're taking the usage king, the classify me captain, Delvin Cook, every single time. Now, I know Madison had an opportunity earlier and kind of blew it, but I still think he's right up there on that list. Tony Pollard at 19%. You know, he's still got a game tonight, so that might be a little bit TBD, but you know, once. The further and further away Dallas gets from playoff contention, you know, the less interested Ezekiel Elliott might be. And then there's always the fumble risk, too. He's fumbled more than any other year, lost a bunch of them, and Tony Pollard could come in for that reason. So there's valued in Pollard there. Um, and then the next one is Jeremy McNichols from Tennessee. Well, again, Derrick Henry, massive usage king, really only conceded work to McNichols because of the blowout nature of this past game. But uh, McNichols is the other guy who I think you have to have if yes. you're uh, if you're a Henry owner. And I threw in Kalen Balaj here too. I was curious about your take here. Now that Austin Eckler is back, he seems to be the dude, but Balazs could eventually, he could, you know, if if Eckler gets nicked up for whatever reason, and even if he doesn't, Balazs seems to be getting a lot of the between-the-tackle work sometimes. So he at 21%, he's someone that's kind of on the radar. Everybody else looking down that list is in split backfield. So I just wanted to identify, you know, those top three have to have guys, you know.
1: I really love the McNichols call. I, I'm for whatever the reason. If Daryl Henderson's 76% rostered in Yahoo leagues, there should be absolutely no way on the face of the earth McNichols is under or around one percent rostered because it's a clear, obvious situation. And, and we've seen Deonta Foreman do some things kind of a little bit three or four weeks back as like Did the Foreman guy even play last week. No, uh, well, I don't know. I he, Foreman's gotten like ten or fourteen snaps three weeks ago, and I, and okay. I was like, well, maybe he didn't I need get to any carries
2: or or targets or anything okay. like that this week. Good.
1: I mean that's fine. Uh, this reinforces the idea because I think McNichols is very clearly the backup for the for the Titans and if you have Derrick Henry, if you don't have Derrick Henry, The idea of having the very clear running back for the Titans offense is a significant advantage, just like Devontae Booker Mm -hmm. was the very clear running back for if Josh Jacobs were to get hurt. There is absolutely Mm. no reason McNicholas should be at 1% rostered right now. And above all else, over Madison, over Pollard, I like that pickup uh, Mm. on that front.
2: Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, that's the whole point of this discussion on a week that's, Bad for waivers Mm -hmm. in general. Pretty tough on running backs. Although there are a couple guys out there. This is kind of where you want to stay active on the waiver wire, no matter what. You definitely want to look and make sure every last roster spot is the best you can be. And in this case, when it's a little light, you know these are the guys you got to look at. Can I do the
1: Kalen Balage bit here? Yeah,
2: do the Kalen Balage bit. Let's hear it. Chargers are dumb, right? I mean, we've seen the
1: Chargers are dumb. Forty-five nothing against the Patriots with all the special team issues. It's very clear the Chargers are dumb. Balage playing is like the epitome of the Chargers being dumb, in the same way that they have done with Melvin Gordon getting snaps with Austin Eckler, with Joshua Kelly early in the year getting snaps, they, they don't want Austin Eckler to be the bell cow. It just, they, they mm-hmm. don't want it because they're dumb. That's what the Chargers are. So blage is going to get playing time regardless of Eckler's healthy or not. If Eckler were to go out, you're going to see Balazs get closer to 60% as opposed to the 40% he's at now, mm-hmm. and then a Josh Jackson or a Tremaine Pope or yeah. whatever scrub they I mean, want that, will be that. that. that that's that's still that enough
2: works. to tip the scales to a maybe flex option, though. Well,
1: I think blage is probably yeah. rostered in enough spots under that idea, under that premise that he's still getting seven or eight carries. I mean, they were mm-hmm. losing 45 nothing. and he has eight carries for 35 yards. I, like, I'm not Belazer doesn't fit in the same backup category in the in the way Madison Pollard and McNichols do, but I think he's still a guy that could be on your roster heading into the you know into playoffs with that same premise. So I, I agree with you on that. But I I wanted to mm-hmm. sneak it in there. Chargers are dumb. Very clear, forty five nothing loss that we should just be mocking the Chargers endlessly. That's kind of my, type, my take.
2: Yep. Yeah, I hear you. No, no objections there. Um, From the
1: running backs, dropping percentage. like we, Duke Johnson probably outskies now that David Johnson's back. Um, I talked about Benny Snell at the top of the show. He's gone now with James Conner
2: likely back for next week. You dropped Mike Davis, and I think that's an interesting choice. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it was a little bit situational. Um, I wanted to block the John New Smith mm-hmm. owner from picking up Ferkser. And with Mike Davis (laughs) on a bye, roster spots tight, Christian McCaffrey presumably coming back. And Mike Davis the last three, four weeks has been not what Mike Davis has been in the three, four weeks since taking over for McCaffrey. So you've got the downtrend, the job loss coming, the bye week. That made me drop him. In a 10-team league, I think you can do the same thing. 12 teams where it gets interesting.
1: Yeah, I I think I'm going to hold – I am in a 12-team. I'm going to hold on to Davis. But right now it's you know it's between the Wayne Gallman's of the world are very clear starters. Mm-hmm. I still have Ezekiel I like that's in my starting lineup and I'm not happy about it. But you yeah. kind of have to kind of deal. I mm-hmm. made the stupid error of uh, you know kicking myself. I put Devonta Devonta Booker over Alvin Kamara. This and I I don't know why I'm, I was really <laughs> getting cocky with my choices. That's yep. like that's rule number one of yeah, I don't all think that yeah, that yeah that was like the cutest stupidest move I could have made, mm-hmm. but. I mean, there's there's scenarios where you can you can have these guys, and I think Mike Davis, for the most part, mm-hmm. is still one I'd want to roster. Yeah. So
2: here's the question, though. So ne- going into next week, you find out Christian McCaffrey's fully clear, gets a full practice day in Friday, going to start on uh, on Sunday here. Yeah. Do you drop Mike Davis? And you need to start, and you need an RB two, or you need an RB to start you drop Mike Davis for Ty Johnson because that's pretty yes. much where we're at. Yes. Exactly. That's uh, why i makes the drop list. Then. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah, well, I think Ty Johnson's going to have a really good game. That's that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm saying. And I would do the same thing for Daryl Henderson if Yahoo users would actually be relevant and think what they're supposed to do. Not relevant. If the Yahoo users would actually be smart and how they're using Daryl Henderson because he should not be at 76% roster. But yes, I would absolutely start Ty Johnson and pick him up over that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move over to the wide receivers before we do. Word from our sponsors as always bet MGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That's why BetMGM has teamed up with Rotowire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six-month Rotowire subscription when they place their first bet. Register on a BetMGM app or website, and once you make your first sports deposit wager, you receive a season's uh, length of roto unmatched sports insight. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please remember to gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call one 800 in Colorado, Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia In Tennessee. Call or text REDLINE at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And, again, this promotional offer is not available in Nevada. So moving over to the wide receivers. We talked running back quarterback, wide receivers. Uh, Kiki QT was going to be the popular ad for a lot of people based off the Will Fuller suspension. Um, We have Rashad Perriman that we kind of talked about or he talked about with Jeff last week. Gabriel Davis, a little Colin Johnson as well with Jacksonville uh that clearly turned out not to be the case in terms of Kiki QT because we had Chad Henson of all people be like the second or third target for the Texans passing attack and that's a relevant name whoever is that guy because Deshaun Watson and company are going to have to pass to continue to be competitive hey, throughout no. these games hey no
2: here Kiki had nine targets and caught eight of them for 141 okay, yards. Fine, so I'm not going to say that okay. didn't work. Yes, um, you're right. Hansen was interesting. He ended up with seven targets, caught five for 101. But part of this is uh, I remember Brandon Cooks left, and I think he was being evaluated for a concussion, and then he oh, came no. back. So oh, that okay. So he must have been cleared. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, Shows how little I care I, about the Texans. <laughs> I wasn't
2: watching the Texans, but as a as someone who rosters Brandon Cooks in multiple places, you know he was always like my. Third, fourth wide receiver, flex. I thought, hey, maybe this could work with Hopkins. Anyway, so I've got him in a couple places, and I've held on to him. He still ended up with a pretty decent game, eight targets. uh, Caught five for 65 yards in that one. Um, Yeah, Hanson's okay, but if Cooks plays the full game, you know, maybe I'm not quite as interested. Duke Johnson still managed six targets in this game. But, uh, no, I think uh, Kiki's uh, roster ship should be. It feels so weird saying roster ship. Anyway, uh, he's only at 27%, so – he becomes possibly again, it's not a great week for wide receivers. I'm gonna we're gonna name four or five guys that are on a similar tier. Um, but the I volume don't know what is what I was there, thinking with big. the QT because obviously he had a great game. I, I was transposing something else for his
1: yardage. That's yeah, it was good, good, good call on that for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely not trying to take that away from you. It's interesting with Hanson. We we kind of were thinking, um, like even like a Isaiah Coulter. Or like a, a Stephen Mitchell, who also got called from the practice squad at the same time Hanson did, mm-hmm. could be more of a factor. I I really do think whoever is the number three receiver, with Cooks being one, Q T being two, it, it can have some relevance. And and he got reverted to the practice squad. I assume Hanson will get called back up again. I, like this was against the Colts defense that that should that should mean something, mm-hmm. right? Like this happens with the Colts.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, the upcoming schedule, those is the only kind of downside, it's not that right. great. Got the Bears who are, have been pretty good. I mean, all these teams are until week 16 against the Bengals. You've got the Bears, then the Colts again. Yep. He's lightning going to strike twice. I don't know, that's tough to count that's on. That's hard, yeah. And then you've got Cincinnati in championship week. So, you keep QT on your roster and then you maybe uh maybe sit him this week depending on what your other options are and, and be ready to deploy him in the next couple weeks I think that's the way to go with him you talk about the
1: inverse of that matchup T.Y. Hilton you've mentioned already before with the Phil Rivers comment mm-hmm. Hilton kills the Texans I, I would love to look at his pro football reference numbers and like go cross check against Texans compared to anybody else in his career because he always destroys them and again this was no different this past week as well you said it yourself Hilton plays the Texans again next week mm-hmm. or in two weeks I should say He's going to be really relevant again.
2: Hilton spent the entire first half plus of this season being completely irrelevant, whether Mm -hmm. it was, you know, whether he was missing games or just being a non-factor. I don't know if he's getting healthy, if him and Rivers clicked or figured something out, but he scored in back-to-back weeks now. And I I thought I'd look just for the heck of it because he was available in one of my 12 team leagues. I looked, he's only 45% rostered or as of last night, at least so, um, and I bet you Big chunk of that 45% is people that auto-drafted or aren't paying attention anymore That because he was definitely drafted at the mm-hmm. beginning of the year. If you're in active leagues where people are paying attention to waivers, you know, they're cutting people. So, you know, there's a decent chance he's available out there for you. You know, do you, you want to try to catch that wave and ride it early? I mean, it is a tough matchup, but... or no, the Raiders is a really great... Oh, I'm great, sorry. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was still, the I had the fantasy
1: championships up. is the hard part against the Steelers, but he's got the Raiders and Texans again, and again, he destroys the Texans week 15. Yeah. Raiders not very good either. We've seen with the Jets mm-hmm. being effective. I don't yeah. know. I like. I think... So in that Hilton case, you really pick good.
2: them up for two weeks, and then all of a sudden championship weeks arrive. You know, it's no, no skin off your back if you cut them or right. anything else Absolutely. like that. Yeah, so, you, I mean, in a one-week scenario, everybody's in play for the chopping block. I mean... I cut Lamar Jackson in Steak league last week because of a point situation going into week 17. It happens. You know, everyone's on the chopping block when during the last week of the season. So ride that way for a couple more weeks, and then you can always reevaluate things, you know, for championship week. Assuming Hilton is available
1: in your league, and it's not, again, he's or it's possible he's not. He's 45% rostered. Is he your top pickup over anybody else?
2: I would go. QT because of the volume, I okay. think. I think I'd go QT, but then then Hilton works in there. And then you know, and then I'm really looking at guys like Tim Patrick who scored twice. He's got lock back. Uh, you know, Judy's trending downwards for whatever reason it's while Patrick is getting not healthy too. Yeah, that's part of it. And you know, Patrick and uh, not so much no offense lately, but uh yeah, Patrick's getting a lot of the Drew lock attention here. You know, two weeks ago we can throw that sample size out. So if you're looking at averages and that kind of thing for Patrick, you can maybe get rid of that. But lock seems to be dialed in on him. He He's an option. We also got a taste of the Jalen Rager athleticism. He's only 22% rostered here. You know, he ran that kickback, which helps his case. I don't know if Hurts really helps or hurts him. You know, I'm not really trying to make a pun there, but um, the quarterback situation, I don't know. I would think of Wentz as more of a pocket passer, but Hurts might give him more opportunities. It's about average, yeah. I, I think
1: it's, it really, really is. I don't I mean, think we both believed in Rager's talent. I mean, there's mm-hmm. been no doubt about that. We've been yeah. saying that for a while. I'm just waiting for it to happen, mm-hmm. and I'm not. I, don't, I just I'm not sure it's not going to happen against the Saints. I don't think it, It's going to be a hard matchup for him. But you talk about Tim Patrick, Panthers, Bills, Chargers, all three are top ten in the post to uh, stopping the fancy wide receiver. I actually would much rather have T.Y. Hilton. I'd much rather have Kiki QT as well mm-hmm. over Tim Patrick, four yeah. for forty four and two touchdowns. It isn't that great of a line. Mm-hmm. I I'm not I'm not enamored with Tim Patrick despite the Jerry Judy stuff and Drew Locke being back. I would rather have Rager over Tim Patrick, but I've been saying that all year. Um, I, I would even consider even a guy like Russell Gage, given the passing volume. But that depends on the health of Julio Jones. Now, this past week, Gage got 51 yards and a touchdown, and Julio Jones was healthy and active. But I think Gage is, Gage's value is like one of the weird wide receiver backups that are worth having on your roster in the event Julio Jones does not play.
2: Yeah, there's like a negative correlation there. Sometimes you almost feel like he plays better when Julio does play. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one to measure out. But no, I think we've got this right. QT and Hilton as as your top two tier. Then you maybe look at Patrick and and Rager. Those are the guys I consider. You know, nine targets for Rashad Higgins this week. Seven for Chad Henson, who we talked about. Uh, eight for Russell Gage. You know, guys that I noted. But. I don't know. Higgins uh, is up really there too, but the Browns,
1: the Browns schedule, they play the, the Ravens on Monday night. I'm not exactly thrilled for that one too. And you guys talked about it last week with Picker Mayfield overall. I just think this is a case of the Titans just being a bad defense. Not so That's much that Higgins is fantastic. So is
2: it worth talking about Carolina receivers? Cause you've got DJ Moore testing positive for COVID. Apparently we don't know exactly when that positive test came. So it's a little cloudy here. And then you have Curtis Samuel, who's a close contact here. Somehow Robbie Anderson's okay. I, I, <laughs> don't i don't know how this is explained so we, to we've
1: learned that the uh, curtis samuel and dj Moore just hate robbie anderson that they weren't hanging out at all yeah
2: apparently or, or you know robbie anderson's gotten in some fun extracurriculars in the past maybe yeah. he's doing his own thing whatever anyway the depth chart after that it looks brutal we're looking at uh brandon Zilstra, who i'll be completely honest i've never heard of that dude and then Farrell cooper who have at least remember from like maybe the rams, the rams a few yeah, years fourth ago round pick rams yeah exactly so you know that's what the depth chart looks like you know Think of them in the same way we thought of like Coulter for the Texans last week. Not a ton of interest there. Maybe the tight end, Ian Thomas, gets some more looks, but this is going to be a feeding Robbie Anderson week, I presume, and I don't think there's a lot else to – Profit yeah. from in this passing game. I could see McCaffrey coming back and getting ten targets. Well, I
1: think so. I think that's absolutely it's gonna happen. And the reason Mike Davis slip occurred, and you talked about when you're dropping Mike Davis, was really the emergence of Curtis Samuel doing Christian McCaffrey stuff. If Curtis mm-hmm. Samuel doesn't play, maybe they have Christian McCaffrey and Mike Davis doing more of that. So maybe Mike Davis gets a few more targets. I don't know. This might be one of the few times where I'm allowing myself to say, guys, I have no idea what to make of the Panther situation. Uh, I think it's probably hard for us to be able to grapple with anything. Mm-hmm. Think COVID related right now on a yeah. Tuesday as to what the Panthers are going to do yeah. Sunday. Throw the towel
2: in, and then I'm got just staying away. What kind of Teddy Bridgewater is going to show up? How healthy is here? he? There's a, there's a lot of variables here. Yeah, I agree with you. You wrote down Darius Slayton as an Insta cut. I guess
1: I don't even. I haven't been monitoring Darius Slayton. He hasn't been a guy that was really targeting. Why are you so angry at Darius
2: Slayton? He's just back to back weeks of nothing. <laughs> nothing. I mean, he, he might that. get Daniel Jones back this week, but it's not like that mattered. Uh, you know, two weeks ago. True. Uh, I mean, he's basically been. Dead since the first week of the season when he sat on my bench and scored two touchdowns and there's just not been anything really worth it there. I mean, how much of that Giants passing game do you really want to get? It's Shepard, it's Ingram. You might throw the ball to the backs a little bit, but uh, I, I just I don't know. I've I'm, I'm had enough of Darius Slayton. I can't see myself starting him the rest of the year. So why is he on my roster?
1: Yeah, if he wasn't going to do well against the Seahawks, one target against the Seahawks defense, mm-hmm. what's the point? Yes. I, I'm, I'm right there with you on that. Colt McCoy. You know, Daniel Jones, whatever.
2: Doesn't really matter to me.
1: If Logan Thomas is available in your league, and he, he's rostered only forty percent of the leagues right now, I think he, he becomes the another dude. guy that you're picking up as well. There's a lot of these guys like are close to the thresholds that I imagine for uh, listeners in deeper leagues this just does not apply to, but I think he's certainly worth a pickup. He's been worth a pickup all week though. Or all season, I should say. So this isn't mm-hmm. Any big news? I
2: don't know how to really yeah. you know talk more about it. The moment we had exactly. before, you know, we know what Logan Thomas is here. The guy that really stood out to me though is Dalton Schultz, and I know he's been a he's been the waiver wire. You can call it the Dalton Schultz tight end line this year. <laughs> you know, we can just trademark it there. He's been a guy that we've talked about on and off, but the matchup against the Bengals here, you know that's they're giving up the second most fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends in standard formats. So I'd look to go after Schultz and the Bengals if you need to stream a tight end this week.
1: Yeah, I like that. Hopefully he doesn't do well tonight because I need Ezekiel LA to outscore Schultz with my eight point advantage. So I can make it to the playoffs. Uh, but that's a selfish thing. And I agree with you. I think Schultz, that's another one of those instances. If you are projecting for the fantasy playoffs, Looking at these matchups, there should be no reason that a guy that's going against the number two worst defense tight ends is only 20% rostered given the amount of targets he sees. So I like that quite a bit. Another guy that I think is uh, slowly uh, rising up the rankings, and I had mentioned it a little bit ago, uh, Cole Komet kind of being a thing for the Mm -hmm. Bears offense right now. He had seven targets against the Lions I don't really even think it's a Trubisky thing. The, the the coordinators and the coaches and whatever else, they have been really pushing their second-round pick as a guy that's going to be relevant mm-hmm. in their offense. I don't think you're going to start him. I don't even know if you pick him up. But just knowing Cole Komet is available and out there and kind of thinking about what you want to do with your depth tight end is a relevant conversation.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You never know when adversity is going to hit the tight end position. The whole – tight end position is adversity so you don't know what you're going with that seven <laughs> targets true. is notable and the touchdown of course is uh is notable as well there so maybe that's something you think about dan arnold scored two touchdowns against the rams this reminds me of uh another cardinals tight end whose name just escapes me or whatever that had just a crazy good week and then just disappeared for the rest of the season so that um i'm I, struggling on it too yeah so that's yeah, okay I, I can picture he's a bigger dude i can picture him in my head anyway two touchdowns uh for dan Arnold. That. Gives him enough to get a name drop on the show, but there's not really much beyond that. Hasn't seen more than four four targets all season long. Has the Giants' defense actually pretty good against
1: the tight ends? I guess Blake Martinez is finally figure out how to do coverage stuff for the Giants, whatever. I'm not bitter at all as a Packers fan. Yeah, it's it's bleak past Logan Thomas, but I do like that Dalton Schultz call for next week. Yeah, defenses. Yep. Defenses that you like at all. I think this is going to be a lower streaming week as well for defenses.
2: Yeah, because, again, nobody on by, so you're not really having to replace anybody. And if you're comfortable with somebody um – um you know, go for it. But the couple that were under our threshold that surprised me a little bit, San Francisco, 49% versus uh, Washington. Uh, So that was, I mean, Alex Smith is coming off a pretty decent game. I'll give him that. But, you know, we still have to think about what the Washington football team is at its core. So maybe San Francisco's in play if they're still out there. New England, who absolutely just went off against the rookie quarterback this week, only 46%. They're going to have things tougher heading West to face the Rams. Um, I don't, wouldn't normally advocate Tennessee but they're at 32 percent and they get the Jags who's I mean the Jags are really kind of a mess there yeah so you know they become in play um and then if you really really want to get cute you've got the Panthers six percent they're coming off a bye the game before the bye they had that Jeremy Chin back-to-back touchdown week so you know they're creeping up the defense ranking so they got extra prep time and they're going up against Drew Locke so they are that's enough to at least you know Be within reason for me.
1: I'll give you two that I'll at least consider. I don't know. Like this is going to be a weird week for defenses overall. Texans against Mitchell Trubisky. I think they can get close to a pass rush. Maybe get some turnovers. Theoretically, if you get a special team score or something like that, that also matters. Like I have the Texans rostered everywhere as my defense too because they have decent enough matchups that if anything were to go differently, let's say David Montgomery was to be ruled out or something crazy like that, COVID, especially with how this year goes. That makes me feel a lot more comfortable. And then the Cowboys against third-string quarterback of the Bengals right now, and Brandon Allen. Maybe uh, we see Ryan Finley again because Allen left that game with an injury. I don't mm-hmm. know. You never want to. You never want to go with the Cowboys defense this year. But. It's third string quarterback, right? Yeah,
2: there's a there's a scale here, and sometimes that scale approaches really dire straits, and you have to think <laughs> about it. I hope you don't have to do it. That's I hope you do I, I like
1: your call at the bye week prepared Carolina defense against Denver, as opposed to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. But
2: oh, you know, we it's not even just preparation; just you know, to have some extra days. Off oh, your I, body at I this think stage of the season. I, yeah, I, I agree. Think that's, completely. A, that's a solid X factor, you know. If, and if they were going to go play somebody like you know Kansas City, even Seattle, yes. like any, Green Bay, any good offensive team, you know, I, I think maybe. But then you've got Denver, who looked decent against the Chiefs, but it's still Drew Lock after all. So you know, you look at the Panthers, who well, work, they have playmakers that can score, yeah. and they're going to be fresh. That's enough for me. If you're uh, if you're streaming in a fourteen teamer and don't really like your top guys matchup,
1: the one concern I'd have is it's a it's a Coaching staff of a lot of college guys, so maybe they don't know how to prepare as well during a bye week as a you know seasoned NFL coach. But that's like we're so di- far narrative. We're that digging I don't know. deep into the narrative. I, well, yeah, we're digging. Just,
2: we're digging a narrative. It's trench not worth here. it.
1: I, yeah. I agree with you. I think the Panthers is actually a sneaky good call. So mm-hmm. that does it for us in the Tuesday edition of the Roto-Ware NFL podcast. Of course, any questions you have for us, fantasy wise, you can shoot them at my Twitter, JB Fantasy Sports, or Jake's at Roto Jake. I did miss a user like Sunday right before kickoff. I. I, I try to check my Twitter. Please like, get in a little before then so I can help you out better uh, because it's not always the first priority when I have 16 different lineups i setting. It'll only be eight you know, starting this week, so I can have that trimmed down a little bit.
2: But. Well, I'll do my best, but I will warn you that my Twitter questions have been almost exclusively college basketball these uh, last couple weeks. Okay. The season's starting. No NBA yet. You know, League a couple times a week. We forget about that. College Hoops is the only show in town, so definitely check out the content on that end. We're helping some uh, listeners win some money here and uh, – The prize pools are kicking up this year with it being the only show in town. These guys are starting to take it seriously. So just a quick plug for our college basketball content. We're building a great community in the Discord, have some of the best tools around. So give it a check out, and and yeah, thanks, advance.
1: Awesome, and best of luck for your fancy playoff matchups this week.